Greetings, Easter people. It's so good to be with you today. I long for the day when we can see each other actually face to face and greet each other. But until that day, I am so thankful for technology where we can still at least be connected through these pre-recorded worship services and also through the many ways that we've been able to connect through Zoom, phone calls, texts, chats, all of that. Well, today, it, we're celebrating our graduates. Isn't it been great to see our high school graduates in the worship today? To see their beautiful faces, to hear their wonderful voices, and I know we have a little bit more in store for you later. Well, this particular group of seniors uh, is special to me because when I first came to Easter three years ago, they were sophomores. Actually, they were finishing up their freshman year because I came in May three years ago, and then in the fall of that year, they were confirmed. And so I preached at their confirmation ceremony as practically a stranger to them. And now three years later, it's so good to actually know them, to see how they have grown and developed and to see how they're about to launch into this great unknown of the next chapter of their lives. They are the class of 2020. Been thinking about the year 2020. You know, this was supposed to be the year of of clear vision, right? 2020 vision. On New Year's Day, I made this uh, silly little animation just to think about the new year, and the prayer was that you may have a new perspective. Well, be careful what you pray for, because <laughs> I tell you, nobody expected at that point in time what this pandemic would do for us in regard to a new perspective. Because the truth is that when you're in this, this liminal space that we're in right now, that, that we're in between what was the normal, which is no longer, and we're in this long tunnel of uncertainty heading towards something new that we don't quite know what it is, this can be unsettling times. And there's another word for it. It's actually the word resurrection. Because what was in the past has died. And what is emerging is coming into new life. It is the resurrection power. And that's actually what we're celebrating all throughout this Easter season. We're celebrating resurrection. And not only that, we're practicing resurrection. We are looking at the book of Acts. And we're looking to see how the very first group of Jesus' disciples try to make sense out of this new world that was emerging right before them because Jesus had just been crucified. He had been buried in the tomb and now he has risen to new life. And we saw two weeks ago that Jesus promised that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were waiting for it. And then we saw last week under the wonderful job of Hunts and Amy. We saw how the Spirit of God did come upon this new group of Jesus' disciples and fill them with power and form them into a loving, sharing community. And so this week, as we continue this series of practicing resurrection, I invite you to turn in your Bibles, grab my Bible, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 3, because what I think we see in this uh, chapter is actually about how we see the world. This is really a, a chapter and a story about new vision and new perspectives. So let me tell you what I mean. If you look at um, the beginning of chapter three, 
We've already heard it re read, but let's just walk through the story once again, shall we? It says, on the day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, at three o'clock in the afternoon, a man lame from birth was being carried in, and people would lay him daily at the gate and the temple called the beautiful gate so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. Now, what's th this is really just a picture of same old, same old. This is like how it used to be. This was the old normal <laughs> because we have three major uh, things going on here. First, we have the temple. And as we've studied, if you were with us through the whole study of the Gospel of Mark, you'll remember that the temple is the center of the Jewish uh, identity in this first century at this time of Jesus and the disciples. And that this particular temple was not just the temple as it should have been, but this was a building project of King Herod, who had gone way out of, oh, just overboard, and made this extravagant structure that was lined with shiny marble and glittering gold. And it was, as Jesus said, when he cleansed this temple, he said, you have turned something that was supposed to be a house of prayer for God into a den of robbers and really into this extravagant symbol of Herod's arrogance. This is the temple. And yet people had just become familiar with it. And so what I find really fascinating about this story is that when Peter and John, you know, after the whole Pentecost and the earthquake and the tongues of fire and the church had grown to 3000, what did they do the next day? They just go back to same old, same old. You know, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. It's time to go to the temple, time to pray, time to do the things we always do because the temple's still here. That's something to think about, right? How easy it is for us to just slip into the normal routines of life. And then as Peter and John are walking into the temple, we see that there's this man who is laid uh, right next to the entrance of the temple. A couple things about this man. He's been paralyzed from birth, right? So he, he, he has never known what it means to walk around. And he has never known what it means to enter into the temple. You see, the temple rules of those days said that if you are unclean in any way, you're not allowed in the temple. So there was this huge barrier between this man and the worship and prayer toward God. This is a huge problem. And so Peter and John are coming into the temple. Now, notice what happens next. In verse 3, it says, When he, the crippled man, saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Now, that word saw is the Greek word idon, which simply means to see, just a normal act of seeing. And, and what I see here is that Here's this man, same old, same old. He's sitting there by the temple gate. He's one of those guys with a cardboard sign that says, you know, please help, God bless, all of that. And what he sees when Peter and John come along, he just sees a couple, no, a couple more marks, a couple do-gooders going to the temple. He's hoping they'll just flip them a coin, you know, and, and they'll move on with normal life. But notice what happens next. It says, Peter... In verse 4, Peter looked intently at him, as did John. 
Now, looked attent intently is the Greek word atenizo. Do you, do you notice what's happening? Perhaps for the first time in Peter and John's life, they actually noticed this man. They paid attention to him. And then notice what they ask him to do. In the very next line, they said to this man, look at us. And the Greek word there is blepo, which is not just the same as idon, because the first time he looked at them, he idoned them, which is just, you know, look. But they said, look at us, blepo us, which is often translated in other places to have a deep spiritual insight into something. So they pay attention to him and they invite him to actually look deeply at them. And in verse 5 it says, he fixed his attention on them. Now this is the word epochon, which is often used for like when a rabbit smells a fox in the wind, the rabbit's attention is heightened. And so suddenly, for the first time perhaps in this man's life, two of these do-gooders heading to the temple, they notice him, they pay attention to him, and they say, notice us, and his attention is heightened. He doesn't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> and then it says, he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them, right? He's like, oh, they're paying attention to me. So, of course, the next obvious thing they're going to do is just throw me some loose change. But listen to what Peter and John say to this man. They say, I have no silver or gold, the thing that you're expecting me to have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. There's two really powerful things that are happening at this moment in the story. First of all, Peter reaches across all of the boundaries of taboo. And here is this clean man who's been ready to head into the temple, who reaches down to an unclean man and grabs him by the right hand. Now, that's just not a, a, a detail thrown in there. That, this is very specific. To grab someone with the right hand, you've heard the expression, the right hand of fellowship, is to grab this man as an equal, as a brother. Peter grabbed this man by the right hand and then raised him up. You know what word that is? That's egairo. It means to raise up, but it can also be translated resurrection. You see, here is a resurrection for this man who was in a life of perpetual uncleanness, forever relegated to being just that guy with the cardboard sign that the do-gooders chuck a coin to. And now because Peter and John paid attention to him and he paid attention to them, suddenly the miracle of the kingdom of God, the miracle of the resurrection happens and this man is raised to walk in a brand new life. Isn't that beautiful? And then it says, And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And jumping up, he stood and began to walk. And he entered the temple for the first time. 
Oh, man. Walking and leaping and praising God. And notice what it says in verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and leaping and praising God. And they, in verse 10, they recognized him as the man, the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. What an amazing story of resurrection and a story of vision. So here's my question for you today. As we sit here in the midst of this pandemic, I wonder what has God been doing in you to change your vision, to change your perspective? We used to have a normal. We used to be the people who went to the temple to pray in our beautiful buildings. And I wonder how many people we never noticed. But during this time of pandemic, when everything has been in turmoil and we have been forced to look at things differently, I wonder if you've noticed new kinds of people. I just love the way Pastor Brandon has said it the last couple of weeks about how he has noticed people like the people at the grocery store who have to go to work, the people at the uh, at, at the clinics, right? The people who uh, are, are essential workers who have been forced to go to work. And often these are the people who are the least paid. Just yesterday, I went to lunch with a couple members of my family. We went to a fast food place, which would normally be you go in, you stand in line, people are flipping burgers, you get your stuff and you go out. And I was just watching as this restaurant has been transformed all the chairs and stools are up on tables. Everyone's standing six feet apart and there's only two workers and they are just being worked so hard. And you know, I saw them in a way that I don't usually notice. And so this is my prayer for us, good people of Easter. As we are traveling through this corridor of liminal space of having left the normal and the familiar and, and grieving over the fact that that will never exist again. As we join our high school graduates who have lost all of the festivities of graduation in this class of 2020, as they are grieving the loss of what they thought would be. And as we together travel down this corridor of uncertainty into an unknown, I just wonder what is God transforming in your vision, in your ability to see? May we be an Easter people. May we be a people of resurrection who have transformed vision, who see every single person, whether they're the person in the nursing home who is the most vulnerable to this pandemic whether they be the person who is on the street corner with the cardboard sign, or whether they be the governor of our state who is trying to lead us through a state of confusion and everything in between, that every single person we encounter is a beautiful creation of God and deserves the right hand of fellowship. May we together raise each other up as we notice each other as we practice resurrection and together walk in a brand new life that God is unfolding before us.
Thanks be to God. I look forward to the day when we can see each other face to face. Amen.